Welcome to another episode of Sync and Assist. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, today we have another episode for you, episode six. And it's a very good episode. Um, we talk about representation in movies and we give our opinion without spoilers of the movie that just came out this past weekend, Black Panther. Yeah, uh, we tried very hard not to spoil it, <laughs> but uh, I think we got a really good uh, conversation out of what we did talk about. We could have gone even deeper, but we didn't want to spoil it for anyone. But uh, I think we have a really good conversation here, not just with uh, representation and the importance of representation, but also how to tell a good story. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, um, us as aspiring filmmakers and any uh, aspiring filmmakers out there may be uh, interested in hearing that part of uh, this episode as well. But uh, yeah, thank you for checking us out. Yeah, every week, thank you. Uh, we we say it all the time, and we don't take it lightly. We do appreciate all of the support that uh, you all give us, and we love you forever. Yeah, but uh, let's run down exactly uh, where you can find us. Where can people find you? Uh, my Instagram and Twitter handle is Bradley Pallone. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well at RobertDXN. And you can find the podcast, Sync and Assist, on Twitter and Instagram at Sync and Assist. Very easy. But you can also find us on iTunes and Spreaker. Please subscribe. We have new episodes every Tuesday. But I uh, think we can just get right into this week's episode. <laughs> Representation wise, for me, I to fill everyone in, I am multiracial. I'm Mexican, white, and, and black. My mom, Mexican and white. I, I grew up a lot around the Mexican side of my family. My mom's always looked white to me, at least. Mm. And I, I don't know, I've always kind of, when I was a kid, always looked at her as being white, but growing up, the way I saw it growing up with my Mexican side of the family. So I always kind of lean more Mexican and I, I sometimes flat out just tell people I'm Mexican, but <laughs> you did the first time I met you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it throws people off sometimes. They're like, no, that's why we call else. you Roberto. Yeah. Roberto. Yeah. <laughs> but growing up uh, in my eyes, Mexican, it was one of the first movies I've ever seen with humans, not goofy, <laughs> but one one of my first movies was Anaconda <laughs> and The Dentist. Oh, The Dentist. Yeah. But Selena. Yes. Yeah. And one being in at that time, growing up with Selena, with that music, and then 
having that movie, like you, you then to realize Mexicans aren't in movies, mm-hmm. even today. So representation wise, Selena. Well, Selena. I was probably seven years old when Selena came out, and <laughs> that would people know how old I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about it a lot, anyways. Actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm a '90s kid, you know. Um, yeah, Selena was was one that I I remembered. Uh, Blade. I wasn't allowed to watch Blade when it came out, <laughs> but I remember seeing the trailer for it. Um, uh, was th- that was like this uh, big deal at the time too, because it was like, whoa, this is a uh, you know the first like uh, as they said then you know African American uh, mm-hmm. superhero of sorts, yeah. and it was like a horror action movie. <laughs> um, but growing up. Um, I'm white, you know, Caucasian. <laughs> so, uh, representation was, uh, you didn't have to look very far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was around it all the time. I mean, I had my Luke Skywalker. I had my, um, my Spider-Man at the time, you know, uh, Spider-Man was the first superhero movie, um, that really spoke to me. Um, cause even though Batman, um, I had seen that as a kid, uh, Spider-Man was the one that I saw myself in. It's like, that's the nerdy mm-hmm. little white kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't get the girl. That was me growing up. So <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just not the, the white part, the nerdy part. The, ner- yeah. the nerdy <laughs> part, the personality-wise, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, just being a, a geek, you know, because typically superheroes, uh, or not just superheroes, but action stars were you know big bulky muscular you mm-hmm. know smooth talking uh the arnold schwarzeneggers at the time and the you know that that was the kind of I- ideal masculine um portrayal i guess in movies uh since the 80s so i, w- I was used to that um uh so yeah as, as far as being a caucasian <laughs> there was representation everywhere i didn't really realize um as a kid and teenager that representation not having representation um the effects of that uh that it's i see more now in recent years that having that character to look up to Mm -hmm. you know it's like that's me you know that's that's uh, pretty important these days and um yeah, that's, uh, I see, I see where you're coming from, you know? <laughs> yeah, you were more so represented racially, but. Yeah, I was thing, represented ra- racially, mm-hmm. for sure. Like you said, with Spider-Man being a nerd yourself, mm-hmm. you were represented as a nerd also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the race thing, uh, you know, it's. For me, you know, it's never been a huge, um, a huge deal. You know, people of, of different skin colors mm-hmm. and things like that. It's 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 always been about who they are deep down. You know, yeah. I I've always known that skin color uh, really didn't define who you are, and that's uh, that's what's cool about 
superhero movies, for example, is because they always find out it's uh, it's not uh, not the mask; it's the one behind it. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's the morality; it's uh, what they do; it's who they are before or who they were before they got the powers or the suit. Um, mm-hmm. That's who they really are, and they're good people. Um, they put on that mask. It's an extra layer of skin. You know, it's yeah. it it it's it's crazy to think about um, that that we may actually need that message more than ever mm-hmm. now. Even though this has been a thing for decades, you know, uh, well, really, millennia, because. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in, in religions, for example, it's, uh, you know, you may not agree with the ideology or the, the dogma, you know, the bullet points that make a religion what it is, but it always starts with love. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about seeing the content of someone's character before anything else, because it doesn't matter where you're from, it's uh, people need help everywhere. And... I think that's why we're here, you know, feeding, yeah. the, you know, whether it's feeding the, the hungry, or, you know, putting clothes on, on the homeless, or if it's just uh, speaking kindness into someone's life, mm-hmm. you know, uplifting each other. But, but you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, as, as you see in movies, it's an arc. Sometimes yeah. you have to go through the highs and the lows before you can get to that. But I think it always starts, it's like there's there's that life in someone's eyes uh, as a kid. I think you've talked about this before, is that sometimes when you, you go through some hard times in your life, you actually look back on old pictures of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, sometimes you wonder, where did that go? Yeah. Where that one, that sense of wonder and that hope and that that love, you know, where'd it go? Sometimes along the path, you it gets rough and you forget that. Um, and then sometimes you're you come right back around to the source of what made you do what you do today. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in everything that happens to us, and um, and I think that's what the message of Black Panther is about. Yeah. Um, Speaking of representation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we ended up seeing it. Um, yeah. Oh, what? Not even an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's uh, it's fresh on our minds. We wanted to go ahead and uh, you know talk about it because it's a very, very important movie. Yeah. Uh, we actually had... Uh, an idea for this week's episode but after seeing this i mean we there are things that need to be talked about and this yes yeah, a comic book movie but it's not treated like a comic book movie there are parts like yeah like the third act and we can try to stay away from spoilers but the third we'll try act, yeah we'll try <laughs> but the third act does have those comic book, you know, what you come to assume is in a superhero movie, but 
the first and second act are one don't feel at all like a comic book movie it feels like a ryan coogler movie it feels like creed mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> but situationally it's a comic book movie but yeah. the movie is a it's a humanity movie is what yeah. it is it is a very important movie it does touch on a lot of things that needed to be touched upon even one thing we were just sitting there it was just very it was a very small part like there was a shootout in a car chase and deny i'm not gonna say her last name i don't <laughs> michonne from the walking dead uh, uh she was just sitting there and they had bulletproof windows so and she was very calm because she's a soldier and she said guns they're so primal but this is also we're seeing this two days after yet again another school shooting in florida yeah and that it's not obviously about that but it's about that mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, this movie touches on many things that need to be talked about it's tons of themes i noticed in there like political and social themes um it it's, doesn't feel like it's it's forcing you to listen to it it's more i think i said before uh it's a gift it's wrapped with a bow mm-hmm. but it just hands it to you <laughs> um and so it because it carefully and so lovingly gives you those themes you can accept it a lot easier and that it kind of shows that sometimes the best way to have someone understand where you're coming from is to speak with love and understanding rather than anger and you know rage and uh which is actually what uh a lot of the the villain you know is is filled with in this and yeah. you you really do understand his motives for why he does what he does um what his purpose is is very similar to what the hero's purpose is, um, but the ways of going about it. The end justifies the means is kind of the way, you know, a, a lot of hateful people, people that have been through hurt or abandonment, they tend to act out of that pain. And why they may not be wrong, they're not wrong for feeling the way that they do. And they're not wrong for wanting peace but their ways of going about it is mm-hmm. is where the yeah the issue lies so th- that move this movie in that sense is is uh you know a lot of a lot of uh talk about you know it could be it could be metaphorical or it could be uh in the current political climate but um you know, borders, things like that mm-hmm. were touched upon as yeah. well. Um, but it was it was done so ever so um, elegantly, mm-hmm. you know. I wasn't sitting there just being like, oh, that's just, it's politics. You know, it yeah. was like, huh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. get that. <laughs> uh, they're fighting. They're, they're in their minds. It's like they're trying to figure out what the right thing is to do. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a morality tale, yeah. very much. It's like... Uh, on our way here to record, uh, I 
in the car said it's a lot like the protagonists and antagonists are a lot like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King where they want the same things but Martin Luther King wanted it through peace and Malcolm X who does have his background went about it in the more so aggressive way but they do want the same thing Mm -hmm. it's just the morality you know is this right Mm -hmm. and questioning that right yeah (laughs) so it's it's kind of like there's a goal and one person you know wants to steamroll people to get to that goal Mm -hmm. you know it's like your way is not efficient enough you know that's that's kind of the the villain hero argument um and i i think that's one of the themes in the movie is uh you know bridges or barriers yeah <laughs> yeah that that's it's, I, I i would argue that's pretty much what the the movie's about. well th- there's layers there's definite layers to it <laughs> legacy yeah. yeah yeah we even uh threw around the idea of uh, Black Panther being, uh, in a sense, like the new leader of the Avengers to some extent. That's a theory, yeah. but, you know, it's a very plausible theory with, yeah. with how much he's he's kind of becoming a voice for, you know, different groups of people. And mm-hmm. his, his speech on, on you, well, I won't, I won't say uh, exactly. There was some dialogue in there that um, pretty much confirms the whole... Uh, outreach to all of humanity not just in his corner of the world yeah. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean black panther is it's a mantle it's like spider-man spider-man could be anyone that radioactive spider could have bit anyone so that's exactly what black panther is it's a it's about legacy but so it's not the exact same thing, but but it is about legacy. And T'Challa may not be Black Panther forever, but someone has to be. Someone mm-hmm. has to carry the torch. And it could be you. It could be someone else. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was very. It was very much about um, tradition versus morality too. Mm-hmm. Um, is that. Are you willing to sacrifice, you know, the good of humanity to savor your tradition, you know? Yeah. And it's it's very much a, an identity tale, too, which pretty much every uh, comic book movie touches on this at some point. Is like, who are you, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you your father, your father's father, or are you you, you know? You don't have to be what your your trauma was, and you don't have to be the mistakes of your ancestors you can be someone new it's 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 a tale for humanity <laughs> that when i say that that's what that's what i mean is that you don't it's about legacy but it could be about creating your own legacy mm-hmm. not following in the footsteps of your forefathers so to speak yeah 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 i mean there are like in my family, there are a lot of generational curses, and mm-hmm. I mean, even I'm the first in my family to graduate. I'm a first generation graduate, and if I decided to, if I just went along with that 
tradition, quote unquote, of dropping out, who knows? But I, I was the difference. And then my cousin after me graduated, and then that cousin graduated. So humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> You're humble and proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yes, embrace the traditions, but not all traditions need to be kept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And create new ones. Right. Yeah. Part of progress, evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, we can keep doing the same thing over and over. Is that the definition of insanity, they say? <laughs> yeah. Expecting a different result. I think that's the... It's <laughs> what we say. But you have a point, you know. I think you'd have to decide for yourself. You know, the time may come where it's like, okay, I can do this or do this. It's the choices we make. Like, this is this is going to carve out a new path, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's deep. Yeah. Uh, what are some other things that they touched on? Black Panther? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many different layers. Um, which, first of all, I have to say, Andy Serkis' acting in this yeah. was really good, too. He had, he had too much fun in yeah. this role. Like, who told, who told him he could do that? And Michael B. Jordan. Okay, is yeah. one of his best. Like, I mean, him and Ryan Coogler, they're the dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Fruitvale Station, oh my God. That, that was an incredible performance. And then Creed, you did an incredible job there. This is a very demanding performance. Mm-hmm. Like, he... He knocked it right out of the park. He's trying. Yeah, you can see he's trying, but it's not like I'm bad and I'm trying. It's like, no, he's trying to be something that like we need, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, I just saw an article that said Michael B. Jordan, the villain we ne- we've needed this whole time, because one Marvel has weak villains. That's not a secret. But the fact that he is, it's that Michael B. Jordan believes in his character because he's not necessarily wrong. The way he's going about it is wrong, but he's not wrong. And actually, the whole time I was kind of in his corner because, one, huge fan. <laughs> You're <laughs> <Two>. biased. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, same with Chadwick. Chadwick, yeah, though. yeah, but I mean, he believes because he knows, he understands his character, and so you can see that he's trying to convey it as perfectly as possible, and he did from the very beginning before he even saw that it was him. I was like, I, I love this character, <laughs> and I I didn't see him. I've I've seen pictures to fill you in again. Um. I haven't seen a single trailer of this until just before we started recording. That was the first time I saw the trailer. I went in completely cold and probably going to do that like forever now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you were you were taken taken back by some of those uh, scenes in there. See, I, I already remembered seeing some of those mm-hmm. little scenes. I tried not to watch the trailer too much, um, but with uh, 
certain movies like Batman vs Superman. I watched it mm, a good maybe ten times before seeing the movie. Oh, I downloaded them. You downloaded? Oh god! <laughs> and I studied them. Frame I need to stop frame. watching trailers. No, yeah. I can't. I can't stop watching trailers. What am I saying? Yeah, there are movies like I for Justice League. I I was torn. Like I want to see it, but especially because it took like. A year to see anything from the movie. It took too long. And then I saw it and I didn't. I wish I didn't hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And then I wish I hadn't seen the movie altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you want something. And then you have some of it. Mm-hmm. And then you wish you didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. It was like that with Justice League. and I. It's like with Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> I think I want it, and then I consume it, and then after a while, I'm like, oh, God, I shouldn't have eaten that. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. It's not really like that. Yeah. Depends on which room you're saying that from, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, with Infinity War, I, I'm i excited for the movie, obviously, but not excited about it as I was for Black Panther. So I, I didn't care to see the trailer. I, I, mean, I didn't care about seeing it or not. I didn't mm-hmm. see the trailer. And I even saw the Don't Come After Me. I did see the Comic-Con trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that never came out officially. Yeah. But, but I, I I did see it, and maybe I will regret watching the trailer. It's, it's kind of like you have to kind of pick your battles. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I after Black Panther, I don't know if I will watch trailers anymore. Because that was an experience. Uh, yeah, it actually makes me more excited for Infinity War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Like, I, I, as big of a nerd as I am, uh, I was like, why am I not as excited yeah. for Infinity War? I feel like I should be more excited for this. Uh, but now that I've seen Black Panther more and I know he's going to be in it, I'm like, yeah, I just want to see more Black Panther. Yeah. Like, and I want to see more uh, good villains. I want to see more good villains. <laughs> I'm hoping Thanos is... He's got the bar set pretty high with this guy. Yeah, so far, and... I'd, I'd have to think long and hard about it, but for the sake of time, because we are recording a podcast, um, some of my favorite actors that have played villains have knocked it out of the park. Like Vincent D'Onofrio, the best kingpin ever. Um, Michael oh, Shannon yeah. with Zod. Um, Michael B. Jordan with Killmonger. I know how to pick them, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I love the lesser-known actors. I mean, now mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan's probably bigger of an actor than mm-hmm. even Michael Shannon and Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. A lot of your villains, villain choices are um, more grounded in their reasonings for mm-hmm. things. They're not. Uh, they're not strictly villains, like in the cookie cutter sense of yeah. like I just want to destroy the world mm-hmm. for the fun of it, kind of a thing. Um, Michael Keaton. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Very think. Grounded. I think we want. We just want characters with dimension. Mm-hmm. You know that don't want to do something just for the sole purpose of doing it, mm. you know, to spite people. Um, I like to know that they came from somewhere, you know, that 
kind of humanize, I guess, the the villains. But even then, if you have villains like the Joker, who, in a sense, does things just for chaos reasons, mm-hmm. like you, he almost on paper seems like a one-dimensional character where it's like he's just a guy that wants to destroy things. Yeah, but that's also what makes him so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's because you never know his reasoning for things. He's so unpredictable. But there's a lot to the character at the same time. And, and I don't know how. I don't, I don't know what it is. He knows Batman and the Joker are the snake chasing its own tail. Mm-hmm. Because Batman knows... He's nothing without Joker. And Joker is absolutely nothing without Batman. So the cycle will always repeat itself. Mm. And it will never stop. There's a mental torture to it. And I think that's what's interesting about certain villains. Um, There are the villains that would just kill you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Don't don't even think twice about it. Which has an effect on you too. But what about the villains that uh, were like, No, I'd rather keep you alive because... I want to have more fun with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole other level of something. <laughs> yeah, even um, even with like CSI, like when they're trying to find out the motivation, well, not CSI, but the detectives when they're trying mm-hmm. to find the determine the motive. Mm-hmm. They look at the wounds because someone that kills a complete stranger, they may just shoot you. And kill you. Right. This is law and order yeah. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. But if it's personal, there are m- multiple wounds. If you're stabbed, you're mo- stabbed multiple times. And that's one way to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And that's more interesting than I was just robbing you. So yeah. I shot you. So that plays into great storytelling as well. It does. Yeah. Like, that's why Joker is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why Killmonger is such a compelling villain. Because it, without spoiling it, is very personal to him. Yeah. More personal than you think. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the most personal. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's better than the Civil War. Like, he killed my mom. Like, that line tore me up when I saw it the first time. I was mm-hmm. like, boy, who told you to act like that? Who told you? Who, <laughs> who told, taught you? Who taught you? I need citations and yeah. references for this. <laughs> but that, that was very strong, but it's, it, it's neck and neck. It's pretty neck yeah. and neck. Yeah. The motives behind both actions are yeah. incredibly Yeah, well, a, a villain, typically they... In storytelling, they call them counterparts mm-hmm. because it's a the counterpart of the hero. It's like pretty much the same case. It's just a, another face of the of the same coin in some mm-hmm. ways, another side of the coin. So when you think about it that way, you know we're we're big into movies, obviously, and and yeah, we write. had a movie podcast. Either. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and with this podcast, we get to enjoy talking about movies and filmmaking. But 
It's whatever's on our mind. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. We wing it. We wing it. But uh, since we, we write our own stories, mm. uh, I think we enjoy characters with levels, with, with layers. Mm-hmm. You know, something may appear to be one way, but the more you dig, you know, there's just so much to, like, unfold, you know. And I think that's that's why we we like villains so much is that, uh, yeah. you know, a, a hero or a main character in a story typically is, is one way, but when the counterpart comes in, it really shows the weakness of the hero, the main mm-hmm. character. Uh, and that goes for anything. That goes for any movie. Um, doesn't have to be in that genre. But main character with a view and the opposing character with a view. They sharpen each other. They show each other's weaknesses and strengths. And um, that's what makes a whole movie compelling. Is mm-hmm. like without contrast or without something happening in the story to affect you know, to have a ripple effect into everything else uh it, it's not a compelling movie you know yeah. if everything goes well and no no animals were harmed and i'm just kidding <laughs> actually um to actually build on what you're saying um we love movies but we, we love, i hate them yeah <laughs> it's we we love the character building. We love the world building. We love the storytelling. We dissect every single little thing. And one movie that actually, which everything I'm about to say is going to be an unpopular opinion, and especially because everyone felt the exact opposite way about this movie. I'm probably like the only person that strongly disliked it is War for the Planet of the Apes because I saw that and... And I'm not going to spoil that either. But after seeing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is a masterpiece and is Matt Reeves' best movie, as much as I love Let Me In and Cloverfield, and I will love his Batman, hopefully. But I walked away from the movie like really frustrated because of where he took. And like you said, there are ripple effects. But I'm... I didn't like where he took the character of Caesar. I didn't like... There, there were a lot of things I didn't like. And I don't, don't want to go into detail. Mm-hmm. But as a screen... As a writer, I was very frustrated. Because it felt like they were reusing devices that have been used up in storytelling so much. And I wanted something fresh. I wanted something to elevate Dawn. And it's war. It's the final installment in this trilogy. I needed to go out on a bank with a mm-hmm. hit. And for me, it wasn't. But I actually had this a debate with someone before on this movie. And like, I kind of see what you're talking about. But you're too passionate about this. <laughs> and it's you have to be. I mean... I was saying in the car also, I love when a movie or a show will kill off your favorite character because you 
you're only mad because you cared about that character. And you only cared about that character because, one, the actor, but mainly because of how that character was written. Because of that character. Mm -hmm. That all comes from the writer. So I get frustrated when you have a super strong... Okay, one thing I heard recently was... I'm all for a movie being bad just because it's bad. But it frustrates the hell out of me when a movie is bad because it was so close to perfection. And that's how I felt with War for the Planet of the Apes because it could have been perfect. But there were things that as a writer, as a storyteller, I was like, you're missing it. You... This could be this could be a masterpiece. This could be one of the best movies made in the past five years. And the it, this could be a movie we remember ten years from now. But for me, it's not. Dawn is not war, and it's because of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why we love movies because of storytelling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um. I like it when you mention killing, you know, off the main character. Mm -hmm. I like it when that happens as well. I used to hate it. Mm -hmm. I, but as I've gotten older, I appreciate things. I see things differently. Um, I really see that killing a character that you liked, um, it pushes, it, it can push a story forward. Mm -hmm. in the best and worst ways just make movement because one death is a real thing mm -hmm. um movies play on real life obviously um so if if there was someone in your life that that died how would people react to that sort of thing um for some people it it's detrimental like they they become stagnant and you know that's a story point you know or um you become jaded bitter hating the world again see it's trans it's bringing out the best and worst in in other characters the ripple effect mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing in real life that's what happens when some tragic incident happens then you know this character over here is feeling this way the this character over here mm -hmm, chain of events and the you get to see uh, if you want to go really dramatic with your movies, you can see all the stages of grief in different characters at different times and stuff. Um, everybody handles it differently. Um, and you can tell when a writer is passionate about what they're doing because, or that they're putting their own life into their writing. That mm. this must have happened to them before. Um, or the actors are that way, depending on how they act, because they can channel... Uh, the death of a family member you know a couple of years ago into what they're doing now it's like okay there's a there's a death in this this scene then you you channel that and it's almost like you're reliving it you know yeah um and i appreciate that i appreciate the art of that of reality in art form because i am able to sit there and look at a movie and see it it unfold and it's like wow, yes, it's resonating with me from an outside source inward. 
that's how I would deal with something or that's how, you know, yeah, I get I get pissed off sometimes when they kill off a character uh, that I like, but right away I'm like, look at how this story is going to be pushed forward here. Yeah. And then you see what happens after and it's like, whoa, yeah. I do. I appreciate risk-taking. I mean, because a lot yeah. of times story writers don't want to take risks. They they just want to keep... Everybody likes this character, so I'm going to keep them around. No. Don't pander. Don't pander. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with that being said, I mean, stories, movies, the way things unfold, villains. I love layers. I love storytelling. You can tell. We're passionate about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's something we aspire to do and be, mm-hmm. you know. Right now we're we're amateurs at it, I guess, but we we do it in our spare time, and we not only hope to make something of ourselves in that field, but do it. Not yeah. just think about it, not just dream about it, but do it, execute it. The art of storytelling. I actually have a book. It's called The Art of Storytelling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's an outcast song called The Art of Storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> now I got outcast stuck in my head. <laughs> I guess we say all that to say, hey, watch Black Panther. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, but it is great to have more representation. Last year we had Wonder Woman. That was a very important movie. Was it perfect? No. Almost. Almost perfect. It was about 15 minutes. 15 minutes of the last of the movie. But everything else is perfect. But there's some parts that are very hard to look past. <laughs> but it's not as forgiving as Black Panther. Because it, 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 it's a very close to perfect movie. We're not gonna spoil anything, but it's it has, you know, most like you were saying uh, earlier, before we start recording, most comic book movies do have a third act slump. This is no exception, but it's forgiving because it does give you a lot of everything that we were talking about character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of things come full circle to like once a lot of the the. The action scenes are done. You kind of see, you know, the action's there. It's ex- it's exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's less of that and mm-hmm. more of a depth and character arc. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. Whereas Wonder Woman, and I'll explain exactly why it's not forgiving, because Black Panther is learned and it's earned. And it's throughout the whole movie. Like I said, before we started recording, after we saw it, it's the entire Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. All in one movie. But it's all earned. And from, it, like you said, it comes full circle. Everything, it works its way towards that. Everything in Wonder Woman is working towards something. Then something happens. And then... They tell you. In the third act, Wonder Woman explains everything. We don't see it. She's told, and then she tells it. And that's where it fell flat for me. She just preached to us. I'm like, 
come on, let me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too much CG and you're, you're talking too much. You're fighting. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with Black Panther, it does move everything forward. There is a lot of CG, but it does move everything forward. And it is a full, complete story. And nothing's told to you. It, it doesn't take a step back. It's not you know, breaking the fourth wall. It's still a movie. It's not, it's not an ad for a movement or anything. <laughs> but Wonder Woman is still a good movie. <laughs> but Black Panther is a little better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but both movies are incredibly important. And let's just give us a Mexican movie. Yeah. <laughs> Coco. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Give us a real, a, a like real a life superhero yeah. movie. I, hey, super give us a superhero movie, movie too. Or, yeah, yeah. any movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just with real people, <laughs> not computers. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, representation is very important, and hopefully, we can have more of it. Hopefully, we can have like a, a LGBT plus superhero you're blanking on it because there's not many yeah (laughs) the question give us the question yeah Yeah. renee montoya give (laughs) us the question (laughs) yeah but like you said that's bad there's that there's another uh community that's not being represented and they should especially in today you know in the in the u.s of a you know, where yeah. there's uh, all kinds of, you know, different uh, types of people, races, and yeah, just some variety, you know. So that way people can proxy themselves a little mm-hmm. bit when they're going to the movie theater. You yeah. Know? Not, not you know, I know there's a lot of people that, that say, I, I don't I don't need representation or, um, but we're all one human race. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we've made some huge strides and successes um, with films, especially, and how far we've come, not just technology-wise, but socially and politically, you know, there's a lot more representation. So I think it's cool. It's cool to see. It's a very, very important movie. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. Broken record, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, yeah, and we're recording this. The movie's been out for like what? Not even twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. We don't know what records is going to break. Hopefully, it breaks all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that this movie can be an example. That so that Wonder Woman can be an example for more representation. And everything that we talked about in this episode came around full circle. We started with representation. We told you how to tell a good story. And just like the rat eating his tail wound up right where we started at the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Look at that full circle. I think we, we just leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.